Hey, this is Sharon, and if you're doing any kind of marketing to get clients and sales in your business, then this episode is for you. I speak with my friend Jesse Bodwin, the CEO of Call Action, on customer journeys, marketing strategies, funnels, lead capture, and how to go from idea to sale. This is a zero-fluff, fully tactical episode, and it starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Trivata, and welcome to Business School. Jesse, one of the uh, first times we were hanging out and talking about real estate, uh, you said to me, hey, so why are you trying to figure all this out? Let's just go use the data that already exists. And you may not even remember this, but you said, let's just pull it up on Google Trends. Right. And I was like, what the heck is Google Trends? And why (laughs) am I trying to figure all this out by myself? And literally you showed me just keyword demand and what people are searching and from that day on, which is just a few years ago, uh, I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that that existed. I was literally doing everything by gut and feel. And from right. that day on, anytime I want to launch something, think about a demand for a product, think about how something works, I kind of say, well, let's see what the world is doing already. So I'd love for you to maybe just say, like, how, give us a little kind of primer on yeah. Why people are crazy not to like start their idea search and see what the, how the world is thinking about it using a free tool like Google Trends. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is Google Trends. So first, if we think of Google, right, averages, I think it's 4 billion searches per day. <laughs> so <laughs> an astronomical number. And what's really fascinating about that 4 billion searches, it's, uh, I think for the last eight years, it's been an average of 17% of searches that they see on a daily basis, they have never seen before. Wow. So, you know, those are some pretty amazing stats. Um, What I like about Google Trends more than anything else is that it taps into the subconscious mind. Most people, what will end up happening, if they are thinking of something, they will actually turn to Google first before they um, vocalize that idea to anyone that they may know, family, friends, relatives, so on and so forth. So um, I think it, gives you this ability to kind of tap into the subconscious um, mind of the entire world in a really easy way. Um, And that trend line um, usually is a leading indicator of actions that are going to come based on however you formulate, you know, the questions. So if you do something really um, simple, like, you know, let's say if you're, if you want to see like which politician is doing pretty good, like it just type in their names and you'll see like, what is the overall trend of people tapping into, you know, searching by a name and then it's going to make kind of keyword recommendations and you can zoom in and kind of zoom out uh, in terms of location and everything like that. But it's this, it's this tapping into the subconscious 
yeah. before it ends up happening to me is what's super, super powerful. So like you can see very distinct um, trends. So like, let's say if there's a, you know, uh, again, I'll just stick kind of to the political stuff. Like if you yeah. type in the word cancel culture, you'll see like an instant spike of this once it kind of became mainstream and people starting to look it up and trying to figure out like what, what does this mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so those trends can, can transcend everything, any kind of business. So yeah. if you're interested in Instagram or, you know, marketing or anything like that, or any kind of, um, if you're trying to do some kind of marketing that revolves around demand gen, yeah. you can actually see, is there a demand slowly building? Are people subconsciously thinking about that and starting to search that so that you could get yourself a little bit ahead of the curve? So. Yeah, dude, you know, it's so spot on. And I also think from um, what people, what you and I got, got a little kind of ninja about when we talked about this was we were talking about just use of language. Yes. And, and we'll take an example uh, that is that everybody understands. And, I, and we have a bunch of real estate clients. And I was like, hey, uh, we talked about the word home versus house. And, mm-hmm. and I, I literally was like, there's no way that changes. And I'd love for you to maybe... Like you were like, Sean, look at this. This is completely different. The subconscious is searching for house, but we think we're being, you know, cool by using the word home, but that's not how the world, that's not how the consumer's looking at this. Right. Um, Yeah. Uh, You know, because it's a direct connection between your mind, the subconscious to, you know, your fingertips to kind of search that stuff. um, It's going to be a lot more informal and it's going to process in the way that people are kind of thinking. Um, And so you'll see very distinct trend lines, the difference, you know, between house and home, you know, people will, instead of selling, you know, as a real estate agent, you might do your marketing, say, you know, thinking of selling your home. Um, But the reality is what people are are really searching for is selling my house. Yeah. (laughs) Because yeah. they're thinking, they're talking to themselves. So yeah. they use my and I and me versus you and you. you. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. So it's, it's very, um, you see very clear trend lines like that. So just by changing kind of some of the marketing messaging or even like the imagery, like we've done tests where we've done kind of some, um, some images and what we do is we take that exact keyword phrase and put it in quotes with like an image that is going to be like, let's say someone who's worried about something. Um, and we show like in quotes, the exact phrase that they're thinking, because that's going to resonate much more and it's going to have a higher, you know, engagement rate. And you can find all of this stuff by, you know, using, for example, like uh, Google Trends. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, and, and, and I think that's um, just from a super tactical perspective that reminds me, I should probably talk to my team by saying, hey, listen, why are you waiting on me to come up with a, the four or five words you need to use on a thumbnail for mm. a YouTube video or a Instagram, IGTV, et cetera? Like, let's use stuff that is already going on in people's minds because that's yep. what they're looking, thinking, typing anyway. Yeah, for sure. And what's beautiful about it is, you know, you can start to see like even geographically differences in those search terms. Um, And so, you know, when you start to narrow down on that Google Trends, just a super powerful tool. And there's even like a subsection where you can look to see 
um, not just Google search trends, but you could actually see like YouTube search trends. So in one of the drop downs, it's actually in there. So an image search and everything else. So, yeah. um, so it's, it's, to me, it's one of the most powerful tools that you can actually use because like if you, for, you know, those of you that are real estate, just put the difference between sell house and sell home. And you're going to see the trend lines are a little bit different. They'll kind of follow in parallel, um, but one is going to be significantly higher than the other. And so, you know, the basics of SEO kind of marketing and marketing as, as a whole yeah. is you got to deliver the right message to the right person. And so if you're using the words that they are thinking, it's naturally going to resonate more with them and it's going to increase your overall, you know, response rates because that's, that's what they're really searching for. Yeah. And for Google, from an SEO perspective, if you're using the correct word, by default, that's really what you know, Google is basically using in as far as metadata and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, Dude, so just getting all of that in alignment is going is to make, um, make your marketing stand out a lot more and get found a lot more. So. Yeah. There's a, there's a copywriting thing that I try to always say, which, uh, that is not mine. I found it somewhere else, which is, you know, our job is to enter the conversation in the prospect's mm -hmm. mind, right? So if, but I think the conversation in the prospect's mind, like you said, which is the key hook for me here is the conversation in my mind is one thing, how I manifest it on search is completely different. And if, right. if I'm going to use search to get into my mind, I need to use that language. I can't just guess what's going on in the prospect's mind. And that was like the meta hook for me when I first talked, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm thinking about what my ideal client is thinking, but right. what they're thinking is not how they're translating it. I need to think about the translation of the words there because they're not saying, uh, how do I sell my house during the pandemic? That's not what they're saying. Right. They're just saying sell my house, like, cause they want the shortest possible keywords to get a search going. And it's important right. for us to do that. Um, let, let, let's talk about this for a second. So here I am, I, I take this advice. I, I go, you know, to Google trends, I play, play around with it. I learn, take a couple of insights. I see a demand. Um, so let's say there's a demand. I'm, I'm launching a product, whatever the product might be. I'm launching, you know, a, a, a new course or, or whatever. What do I, what do I do next? Like, how do I take that? And then like, let's walk through the journey a little bit. What do I do next? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's a, a couple things like uh, I have what I call, um, we're all pretty familiar with, you know, we call them funnels or whatever it might be right. like. And so, uh, a while back ago, I came up with an acronym that I called ART. So ART is A-R-T. And so marketing is really ART. And so what ART stands for is aspirational, research, and transactional. So the top of the funnel is aspirational. So this is that very um, short tail, top of the funnel, top of uh, Google search trend kind of keyword search. And so this is what sparks the idea. It's aspirational to begin with. Um, I think as you start to tr kind of drill down, and if you think that a consumer who wants to buy something or do something, they're going to start off with an idea, which is usually going to be aspirational. And then they're going to get into the research phase of executing on that idea and making that aspiration a reality. Right. And so... I like to use the word research because you'll see that the search trends start to change 
And so if we use an example of, let's say, sell house, you know, the next level down may be sell house fast. Um, It might be sell house during a COVID, sell house um, after mortgage forbearance or anything related to that. So that's where they start getting a little bit more into the research phase. Yeah. And what we find is the deeper that they get into the research phase, eventually they're going to get transactional. So if we think of like that kind of keyword journey, and we'll just use the real estate example, it might be sell house fast. Uh, or sell house to begin with, then sell house fast. And then near the transactional part of it is best realtor to sell house fast or, you know, um, realtor near me. And that's the entire journey from aspirational research and transactional. So what's important is if you're going to do some marketing on this stuff is to really kind of contemplate those three phases of a consumer. Yeah. And whatever the product or service may be, think, you know, what is the idea that they're going to spark with? And you can use Google Trends to help you kind of find that. And then in the research phase, think of what are the steps that someone would need to do or learn in order to make that aspiration a reality. And so as you put out content that is in alignment with that educational process, and you're using uh, words and imagery that are also in alignment in that art funnel, you can actually just by the way that they're um, interacting with the content, almost grade them where they're at. Are they in aspirational and research or in transactional phase? Yeah. Um, And then, you know, what you want to do is you just want to make sure that you're providing the ability to access that information in a way that is in alignment with intent. So if we think of the top of the funnel of art and aspirational, you know, they're not ready to talk to anybody. So they want, you know, as much information and they're just going to gather it wherever they can. And that should probably be non-gated. Right. Um, And you want to use that aspirational stuff to, to start developing a relationship, start, um, you know, some branding and some retargeting. In the research phase is where you could start showing kind of some gated content. And that gated content can be off of, you know, form fills that you want to use on your website if that's, you know, the the way that most of the traffic is coming in. Right. Um, You know, we like to use text for info um, since, you know, nearly 55% of all web traffic now is on a mobile device anyway. So if you remove the form, it becomes frictionless. And then the higher the intent or closer to transactional, you just want to make sure that it's easy for the customer to contact you with the least amount of friction possible. Yeah. And using technology that is the most accessible to everyone, which is probably, you know, just a telephone number. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you know, I think, dude, um, I've talked to you a long time. I've, I've seen a lot of your stuff. I, I don't know why this is the first, I, this is awesome. And, and, it made me instantly think about um, the the how you, you can stay congruent through the process, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are putting something aspirational out and you know literally what the, I hate to call it, I don't want to call it call to action, but I know what the next logical step is. Correct. So I never have to say, 
go from an aspirational thing to saying, call me right now. Cause that is literally a congruency break in that. Right. So you can say, exactly. well, most people that think about this, think about these next four questions, click here to read this blog post on the four questions that most of my clients ask me. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and, yeah. And that's, you know, that's the logical step of a traditional funnel at the right. end of the day, right. Is that you, you need to be hyper aware of that consumer journey. And so if you understand where they're entering that journey, then you want basically the messaging, like you said, to be congruent with wherever they're at based on, on the entry point. Right. Um, so, you know, just making that easy and being super, super thoughtful of that process. And I think, you know, for a lot of marketers, what ends up happening is that you know, we want to go straight to call to action and cash a check. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, of course. The reality is for, depending on the product cycle, you know, a lot of that stuff is, can be really, really long-term. I mean, even if we think of like, let's say Amazon, you know, I think some stats, the most recent stats that I, I read was that Amazon um, only has a, uh, and I say only, <laughs> most people are going to kill for this, 37% like add to cart completion rate. Wow. So, you know, 67% of the time, even though you have like a one click button, the person's already made the decision, already added into cart with the trusted brand and everything, 67% of the time, you know, there or 63% of the time, Amazon still has to retarget you and remind you <laughs> to complete the purchase. Yeah. And so I think if you, as a business owner and a marketer, uh, if you think about, you know, one of the most successful companies in the world, if their business, they've focused on making it as, as simple as possible and they're still getting that kind of, um, quote unquote, low, low carry through, uh, we need to be much more um, thoughtful in terms of being in all aspects of that consumer journey. And, you know, it, as we get them closer to that transactional phase, you know, they may be diverted because we're in an attention economy, right? Everybody is fighting for that attention. So even though they're right then and there, you know, it just takes a DM from someone or a, a yeah. new tweet or you know, a text message, uh, or a Facebook message to to break that person's attention and, and get them out of um, transactional phase. Doesn't mean that they're not interested. Right. This means that they got interrupted and we just need to be there again, you know. Dude, that's so good. It's, I love what you just said. It doesn't mean that they're not interested. It's just that they got interrupted. And how many times do we get like interrupted, right? All the time. Right. And, and that, um, so, let, let, so this is really good. So there there is... Um, how do you translate something like the um, kind of the art framework to kind of modern social media where I'm sure on, I'm putting out content on a platform like an Instagram, for example, just something that everyone understands. Right. How do I, uh, in your, in your, in your approach, what's the best way to create uh, aspirational stuff? And then how do you take them through that journey uh, is it staying on the platform, going into stories, taking them off the platform? Like walk us through like your, your, if there was a happy path, what would that happy path be? Well, I think, you know, at the end of the day, right. Um, if we think of the end result where that transactional path is going to end, 
um, there's usually one of two things and it's really kind of product or service dependent. It's either they're going to interact with someone or they're going to interact directly with, um, you know, a website and self-service basically. Um, So I think when you kind of work your way in reverse from that art funnel and you go from transactional up to research and you go up to aspirational, if you think of what is the end result, how is that person most likely going to um, execute on the idea or, you know, the aspiration they originally had and make it a reality? Because all we're really trying to do is go from aspiration to reality. So yeah. when we take a look at this and um, let's just say, you know, we use an example of uh, women's makeup, right? right. Um, something that on, is highly promoted on Instagram. So, you're going to see like uh, someone, a woman may think of like, oh, I I want to figure out how to do smoky eyeshadow. (laughs) So the aspirational side of it is initially they see a picture of a model that might have smoky eyeshadow. Right. That's the aspirational. Got it. The next phase of that might be like, how do I do that? So then they're going to start doing those kind of searches uh, related to that. So if you're putting out, you know, content on, on Instagram or, you know, any of the other social media platforms, you know, this is where you're going to fall into that kind of how to curiosity or tips, you know, that kind of content. And you're going to catch them in kind of in that, in that um, mid, you know, research kind of phase. And then the transactional at the bottom of the funnel is really just going to be dependent on the service. So, you know, let's say if we use the makeup example, it might be like aspirational image of smoky eyeshadow, you know, with basically a follow-up content or retargeting from aspirational to research uh, based on people who have interacted. So either your followers or pixel data, you're going to move them down into, you know, how to. Um, So that's kind of the research phase of it. And then in that how-to, maybe recommendations for the actual product so that they can execute on the idea. So the very bottom of the funnel may be like, buy, you know, smoky black eyeshadow here, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dude, first, it, I, didn't know anything, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about smoky eyeshadow. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens when you have a teenage daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, whoa, that, that's, that, I had no idea what that was. That's <laughs> so, for, for, so, Dave, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on a couple of these platforms. So, to really, if I were to think about something, it would be like, mm-hmm. okay, I have an aspirational post that talks about, like you said, smoky eyeshadow. Then maybe I ha- either have an IGTV video that actually breaks down, hey, here's how to actually apply it, use it, whatever. Maybe then I have some Instagram stories that talk about, hey, here's the before and after of how this was used. And then the call to action is, hey, I have a link in my bio for 20% off or swipe up to get, uh, to check out a video of how this is done or get your own manual on how you can do this right now. Literally, you're at some point in time, you're either capturing Um, intent in some way, right? Exactly. And, you know, I think it just depends on, you know, how um, if you think of the manner in which they're going to collect the information is a really strong indicator of intent. Right. So someone who's filling out a form um, may be lower intent. And then the next level of intent may be sending a text requesting for information. And then the highest level of intent is you know, um, let's say, for example, if you're using IG, 
you know, it could be you, Sharon, saying like, if you're interested, if you have any questions about, you know, how to take your business to the next level, just call or text me and here's my number. That is going to be really high intent because it is the most um, two-way interaction, right? That person is looking or reaching out directly to have that, that conversation one-to-one. And it's right. just jumping from kind of one-to-many or, or self-serve, zero-to-one, to basically P2P is, you know, peer-to-peer and having a two-way conversation is the, is the highest intent. So yeah. you know, on IG and, and some of those platforms, you know, the, the previous way was going, you know, sending a DM or kind of interacting that way or clicking the link in the bio and stuff like that. But where I think, you know, a lot of people miss maybe some opportunities in there, especially if you're more like a service or a consultant kind of person is to actually give people a really simple way to get a hold of you using technologies is accessible to everyone, which yeah. is still going to end up being a phone number. Like that is the oldest, most accessible technology to everyone. Yeah. And we're seeing that kind of trend really pop up, whether it's, you know, the political campaigns that are asking people to send text so that they can start a two-way conversation. Um, you know, you're seeing on IG, uh, you know, influencers that are using phone numbers to, to develop, you know, one-to-one relationships. And the, that transition from like being kind of public and having a two-way conversation in the comments, depending on whatever the aspiration is, right? If it's something that they are, um, they need to be private about, they want to have one-to-one and you just want to give that person that ability. So, I think if you start to think of that entire journey, you know, what happens is you can give them the options to self-identify and make their inquiry through, let's say, you know, filling out a form, sending a DM, taking the next level of intent a little bit higher, and then, you know, to the highest level of maybe, you know, direct one-to-one communication. So I think it's really dependent on the product or service that when you think about how, um, inquiry type is an indicator of intent yeah that becomes very powerful yeah totally you know um i'll give you um something that you you probably know this because you you are a master in the direct response space one thing that i I love doing uh uh focus group of one which Mm -hmm. is literally my literally my wife right like you know for her she's a consumer she buys stuff all the time and anytime I talk to somebody that is unrelated to what I do, I always will just like, I, you know, I love focus groups of ones because it gives the, their, especially since I know their buying patterns and their psychology, right? So I asked my wife, I said, well, hey, this, um, why don't you want to call this number? Uh, and she's like, well, I don't want to talk to anybody. Right. I was like, huh. Okay. Why don't you want, would you text the number? She goes, maybe. And I go, well, then I, then I was thinking about this, Jesse. I said, would it be amazing if I put a blurb that said, um, text this number and I'm happy to get you whatever information you need during your process. You don't even have to talk to me. Right. And literally saying, you don't even have to talk to me. I said, so I, I actually told my wife then. She goes, well, if you told me that up front, I would totally text you. And I was right. like, this is amazing. Like how, <laughs> like, and, and so she just, we are thinking that, oh, maybe they'll text us. And because all she doesn't want to do is she actually wants to buy. She just doesn't want to talk. Right. And, and, and I actually think, and, and 
she's not even a millennial. So I think this is even more pronounced if you're selling anything kind of in, in the teens, tweens, millennials category right. that just tell people, hey, um, here's an email. Because they know with email, you're not going to force them on a call. But they think a lot of times that, oh, now they have my mobile number. They'll call me. I think that's the fear sometimes. And um, maybe it is. I don't know. Focus group of one. And yeah. that's why I, I say I've been I've been talking to anybody that all the CEOs that I mentor and their marketing teams. Listen, hey, if you're putting text in there, say uh, happy to work with you. You don't even have to talk to me. And like literally, I I've not looked at conversion metrics, but have you uh, seen anything like that? Or what language do you use to to break kind of give them the safety barrier that they're not going to get called and sold and pounded right. calls out? I think there's two things that are kind of happening, right? The first thing is is that there's lots and lots of studies that talk about form friction, right? If I have a form and it's got, you know, first name, last name, prefix, email, phone number, um, it feels evasive. The more form, the more um, feels that we're trying to collect because really it's an exchange of value, right? It's like, is there, am I willing to exchange this information or my personal information for what I'm going to get at the other end, which is, you know, the kind of this perceived value. And the one thing that I think with, you know, kind of form fills and stuff like that is that they feel that there is a lack of control. Meaning like if I fill out this form, where's my information going to end up at, right? <laughs> and who's going to have it? And how can I stop people from, from contacting me thereafter? The one thing with, let's say, requesting text um, and by kind of pre-framing it and telling people like, you don't need to talk to us, like this is just a self-service, is that A, you remove the form yeah. And forms on mobile are pretty hard to fill out. And this is why, you know, Google and, and Facebook are all trying to solve this by using, you know, the profile button as a login to exchange information in the form of lead ads and stuff like that. But when you um, preframe it and tell the consumer and give them kind of certainty that, you know, you don't need to talk to anyone and we're going to instantly text you back the, the information what they do feel is that they know they can control their, you know, the communication that comes into their phone and they can easily block you and, um, you know, reply back to stop or whatever it might be. So I think there's a sense of control that consumers feel yeah. like they have with a text for info. Yeah. Um, and because you're reducing the friction, as long as you don't abuse that, I think you're, you're going to be, in a really good position because you're not asking for a lot from them in order for that exchange of information or of value. Yeah. Right. And they don't feel like they're giving up anything yeah. and that's powerful. Yeah. The natural idea of filling out a form, like when you hear data breaches or, and stuff like that, it's always from people that have filled out their forms and made a purchase online or something like that. So there's a little bit of a, tentative feeling when it comes to filling out a form because it feels kind of evasive to begin with. So, you know, we know the difference in conversion between, you know, a five form fill and a three form, yeah. <laughs> a three field form is, you know, 20 or 30, 40% difference in, in completion rate. So if you remove the form altogether, then what happens? Yeah. Much higher intent, 
And you get basically the ability to have a two-way peer-to-peer kind of conversation with that particular person. And that's powerful. You know, that's the power of like a DM, you know, on Instagram or anything like that or any of the other social media platforms, you know, of messaging as a whole. So, yeah. I'll tell you this. Um, so one of my mentors, uh, who is an amazing marketer, uh, many people know him. His name is Joe Polish. And Joe is a total stud. He, mm-hmm. If you can sell, I mean, he was a carpet cleaner. Like if yep. you can sell carpet cleaning, dude, you can sell anything. Like it's, <laughs> it's insane if you can sell carpet cleaning. And he told me two things. And he says, um, if he were ever, ever to get into any business, as long as people have a phone, uh, he says there's two things that he would do. He would always start with what he calls a consumer guide. And he's mm-hmm. like, hey, this is a consumer guide to having your carpet clean. So now it feels like, yeah, even though it's me, Jesse, at Call Action, or it's me, Sharon, at whatever, or it's me, Joe Polish, at whatever. If you build a consumer guide, they're like, oh, it's a consumer guide. Right. And yeah, I want it. I want to see what, you know, this is what's good for me. So he's like, I would get people the consumer guide to help them go from, as quickly from aspiration to the research phase so that they know what to ask for. So you guide them in the questions you ask them to do. The second thing though, I don't know if you've ever done this. I've done this as a, you know, in the last 10 years before pre, pre hyper kind of internet conversion was right. um, a pre-recorded message. Call this number for a pre-recorded message. And I'm not joking, dude. You remember the date? It's crazy. You and I are going to date ourselves here. <laughs> BMG Columbia house. Like I yep. ordered the CD. Like I called for a pre-recorded message Yes. You call a 1-800 number. They say, hey, thank you for calling the BMG line. This is what we do. We send you four CDs. The first four are free. You just have to pay shipping and handling. I'm like, that's a, that's a free plus shipping funnel. Like I had no right. idea all yeah. that exists. And so just getting the, what we're doing is saying, hey, he just said, if someone is going to call that number and listen to a pre-recorded message, like, can you imagine the intent behind that? That's insane. Right. Yeah, the intent is really high. Um, And if you, you know, and there's less friction than filling out something. And now what's even more interesting is that you can go straight from, you know, let's say a text straight into like video content. You can text back, you know, deep links to private videos that actually become a one-to-one relationship building consumer guide. So Imagine if someone wanted to learn a little bit more about, you know, Instagram marketing and you're like, hey, text and I'll show you my three step, you know, guide basically uh, to this information. But that guide is really a link to a deep, you know, a private video that you have on your blog or something, you know, some some content that they can't find directly. Now you're not only transcending, you know, uh, uh, verbal communication, but you're having body language and everything that is needed in order to build trust basically with that consumer. And you're able to convey that, you know, instantly with the minimal amount of friction. The other powerful part of why, for example, like the political campaigns right now, political campaigns are, you know, arguably some of the most savvy marketers um, in the world. If you watched, you know, the old Cambridge Analytica uh, Netflix docs, you know, you'll learn that pretty quickly. Um, But the whole thing is is that as we kind of transcend from landlines to mobile, mobile, a mobile number is almost like a social security number, right? It's a very powerful indicator of who that person is. 
and um, using kind of Facebook retargeting and stuff like that, you can do, you know, really powerful retargeting just off of phone numbers. And so, you know, it's almost like the internet has kind of come completely full circle, in my opinion, is if we think of the early, early on, we used 800 numbers, right? Like you said, the, I, I still remember I had an Arch Telecom <laughs> account for, you know, press one for uh, IVR voicemail and stuff like that. And that was pretty cutting edge and, and did pretty good with that. When the internet really kind of came to play, if we think of the early access that we had was, you know, instead of watching Friends, we went to our room, you know, dialed up or dialed into the internet and we filled out forms. And we filled out forms because we were accessing the internet oftentimes eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, right? And we're doing these really extended research phases because we had limited access. We had limited amount of time to access the internet. And what has really changed, you know, I mean, the iPhone is 2007, so it's not really, really old, right? <laughs> is that we had this instant on-demand access to the internet. So how we access information has changed completely from gobbling, you know, hours-long sessions of data and trying to learn everything in a single seating, typically later in the evenings, which is the reason why we filled out a form because it was the only way that we expected a response back. Because if I'm, you know, trying to learn something and I was interested in interacting with a business, if I called them at midnight, like I'm not going to get an answer. So it made sense to fill out the form. Right. Today, our search process, that art funnel from aspirational to research to transactional, we don't gobble giant bites. We take lots of little appetizers. So you have a, a thought, right? And this goes back to kind of Google Trends. Hey, I wonder about X. And you do a quick Google search at the instant, you know, on your fingertips, basically. Um, and you get that one piece of information to solve that need that you have of collecting bits of information to, to move from aspirational to research. Right. So instead of doing um, collecting it all at one time, you're just getting these multiple exposures, really small bits here and there, here and there, here and there. And those are the breadcrumbs of that consumer journey, right? Yeah. Um, so in today's world, as we've kind of come full circle, now that we're not filling out, you know, we're not accessing the internet at, 11 o'clock at night all of the time, we don't need to fill out forms. So that's why the forms themselves feel a little bit more evasive. Yeah. Um, and why we've come full circle back to just the phone now, right? Like yeah. using your, your, you know, your album call of the 800 number to learn about this. Yeah. It, we've come full circle to that because that technology is the oldest one. It's also the most prevalent one right now. You know, the, there's more mobile phones in the United States than there are people, right? And that's pretty amazing if you yeah. think about that because we've all had multiple you know, mobile phones and a lot of business people have two mobile phones. Right. And so, um, so if you think of that kind of instant access and removing friction and, and solving 
instant access when you're thirsty for that information, what is the fastest mode of communication, right? Yeah. It's always going to end up being a phone call of some sort. So, um, you know, it's sad when you look at a lot of mobile sites, yeah. you know, everyone kind of talks about mobile access websites and stuff like that. But you, you look at the mobile access website, which you know, someone is accessing on a phone, but yet you gate the ability for that person to reach you because you have a contact us form, <laughs> right? yeah. which is kind of an oxymoron if you think about that. <laughs> hey, what I'd love for you to, uh, if you would love to share, is you, you were sharing with me about um, kind of these these steps on uh, just very tactically on, hey, if someone, you know, posts something on Instagram, for example, mm-hmm. has a has a number, the number gets to a website, the website there's retarget. Like, can you walk through one of the flows that you've built that have you seen, you've seen convert? Cause I think that it's, it totally brings the power of this journey to life. Sure. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll give you some examples. Like we've done some YouTube videos and stuff like that. And so um, YouTube videos are nice because they pop up in obviously Google search results and stuff like that. They're kind of viral. They're shared everywhere and, 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 and things. Um, and so what we'll do is we'll do um, a video about specific content. Um, and we've done this in blog posts and stuff like that as well. So it might be free information initially that they use either an aspirational or the start of kind of research phase. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll basically do a text for info. So they send a keyword to a specific phone number and you know we say that it's text for info, self-service, you'll instantly get back the information that you requested. And so um, inside of that content, we'll make that available. And it might be a, a checklist or a deeper guide to make them execute. So let's say, for example, like if you're talking about Instagram, you might do a video that would talk about like, here's the three ways to develop content. And then you might have a text for info of, you know, get our checklist um, to set up basically your marketing campaign. And it could just be a simple checklist. Um, and that becomes the new gated material that you offer because that's the value add. So the first one is kind of the aspirational. Yeah. We know that they're kind of thinking about that. We get down to the, here's the text, request this additional checklist information. They get back a PDF possibly. And then you take that information that comes in because now they haven't visited a website. They haven't done anything. Right. But you take that particular phone number, you can upload it into Facebook as an example. You could do a retargeting campaign. And now you continue your branding with that particular person. And because you sent them a text message, in that text message could be, you know, if you have additional um, questions about this checklist or you don't want to schedule an appointment, you know, call or text me at this number. And you've kind of removed all of that friction and, and limited um, eliminated basically just friction as a whole for them to, to reach you whenever they're ready. Yeah. And that's totally. the difference. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's so good because you know, the, um, you could also, even on an Instagram post, you could say, Hey, here are five ways to grow your Instagram following, um, text, you know, text growth to this phone number. And I'll give you my, 
a step-by-step guide on how to implement these five ways. When, when you click the link, it could even be like you said, a deep link to a, a page on your website that literally has nothing but a download button, but the page is pixeled. So they're right. automatically pixeled there. You can retarget them. You know, it's, you, you can retarget them if you want, but now they've clicked on a page, they have a download button, they download right away. So they've gotten, you've delivered on the promise. Now you have the number and the pixel which yep. is which is amazing, and maybe even inside what I've noticed, and I don't know what you think about this. I call it a little content upgrade, right? Inside the PDF, you can say, "Hey, I'm doing a masterclass on this in the near future. Uh, yep. Click here to tell me if you are interested in something like that. Put a button. That button can even go to an email form or whatever if you'd like. Uh, that way, now you have pixel, phone number, yeah. and email. And I think that when I start to get all three of those, man, it starts to get very exciting. Oh, for sure. Because it's the, you know, going back to the Amazon, you know, abandoned cart experiment, right? You know, they might be super high intent at that moment, but as soon as they're taken off track, you know, then they kind of forget about that. And that's the power of the remarketing portion of this, right? If you can then give them an experience where they feel like they never, um, uh, filled anything out yeah. and you gave them some content and all of a sudden they start to see your brand all across the internet without ever having even visited a website. Like if you do a direct link to like a PDF guide, even though that PDF may be on your own website, but you're deep linking straight to, like you said, a download, you know, a download button that is non-branded. There's no form. There's no nothing the consumer feels like, wow, how, you know, this business or this person is all over the place, right? Now, all of a sudden, there's this brand recognition and they don't really know with 100% certainty how that took place. They just think that, wow, this this must be the best of the best, right? Because they're (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) Now you become omnipresent in their life. And that's really the journeys that, you want to take an inquiry wherever they're at in that art funnel, somehow identify that particular person and then become omnipresent on all channels and give them the ability to communicate with you on all channels. Like we've done things where we've texted back the direct um, Facebook link to the Facebook messenger, right? The FB.me. (laughs) So do a short link, say like, Hey, if you, if you want to start a conversation with us, just send us a Facebook message. And now, you know, they feel like, okay, that's not as intrusive. I don't need to text them. I'm going through their business page and then they can see your reviews. They can do all those kind of things. So it's just a matter of getting creative and kind of breaking some of the most common patterns that are out there. Yeah. You know, text for info too, there's a certain curiosity to it, right? Like yeah. if I use a, a real estate example, you know, there's some, some really great companies out there, Altos Research, yeah, um, HomeBot, for example, that solve a really common question, which is how's the real estate market, right? Yeah. And I'll just use that as an example because both of you and I have, you know, mutual customers in that yeah. space is, if I send out a direct mail piece to that particular person and that direct mail piece says, Hey, visit, you know, my long URL.com. And they got to fill out that long URL, put in their information to get their home value. There's a lot of friction there. If I'm standing over the trash can on my kitchen counter, looking at your direct mail piece, yeah, what's the odds that I'm going to, take out my phone, type in my long URL, fill out the form. And or, or an ugly QR code. Yeah. Yeah. 
but vice versa, there's a little bit of a curiosity factor if you say, you know, text home value or, you know, how's the market to a specific phone number and get a free report, right? Now, I might still send them to the still to the same landing page to sure. get that information. Yeah. But I remove some friction. I create a little bit of curiosity that initially in their mind, they're like, oh, this feels easy. And what you've done now is you, because you have that phone number, you can have a two-way dialogue with that customer really easily. And, you know, all of your retargeting can be done even just off of the phone number, even if they never visited a website. Yeah. And that's the power of that, that whole thing, because with that phone number, you build a Facebook custom audience, you know, upload a list of phone numbers. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're able to see all of the, uh, all your ads across both Instagram and, and um, Facebook, which I mean, between those two, like yeah. that's a, that's a pretty sizable market. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, so Jesse, you, you spend a lot of time looking at um, talking to entrepreneurs, seeing their businesses from the inside out. And if you had, if you had like, if someone had to ask you, Hey, shake you in the middle of the night, but like, Hey, what is the one thing that every entrepreneur should do made? And you could say, Hey, this removal form, make this website, go through the journey yourself install this. Like if you said, like, what is the one, one or two things that you think everyone should at least consider installing in their business? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think if you think uh, there's $750 billion or so spent on marketing. And if you think of the ultimate goal of marketing is what, right? If we could think of the art funnel, aspirational, research, transactional, I really, it almost doesn't matter what business you are in. What you want to try and do is develop a relationship with that customer. And you really, yeah. at the end of the day, want it to be nearly two-way for most businesses unless it's, you know, strictly product. Right. Um, I think it's to really, you know, start tracking what is that very bottom, the most valuable lead in the world that we have, which is the intent of someone picking up the phone and, and contacting us. Um, you know, we love the internet because we can know, you know, which keyword drove what action to what form mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But in that 700 and something billion dollars of money that's being spent, there's lots of data that shows that, you know, calls go unanswered to businesses and that people will call a phone number and hang up or if they see it toll free, they won't even call. <laughs> and so if we think of that highest intent journey as a consumer and you think of your own journey as a consumer, the way that you go after a product or a service, you know, you're typically going to follow that. I'm going to use the internet and aspirational. I'm going to self-educate. I'm going to work myself down the, the bottom of the funnel. And now the bottom of the funnel is not the buy button. It's usually the pick up the phone and, and make a phone call button to figure out if I can execute, especially the larger the, the ticket, yep. you know, the ticket price is. Yep. Um, and so I think it's just to kind of come full circle back to that. Um, you know, text messaging is going mainstream. If you look at the politicians, you know, again, $10 billion spent in political advertising. These guys are not trying to send you to a website. Yeah. Right. If you are looking at late night TV, if you are a student of direct marketing, 
and you look at the late night TV crowd, right? The late night TV crowd are also not sending you to a website anymore, no. right? No. They're asking you to- Call the number. <laughs> yeah, you want a testosterone pill, text, you know, free trial to <laughs> whatever yeah. phone number. And it's exactly for everything that I, I'm kind of mentioning to you is that the, you're removing friction to get to a one-to-one dialogue or a peer-to-peer dialogue um, as quickly as possible. Um, and then you just have this incredible ability to create conversation really quickly because, you know, most TV, almost everyone is a two screen consumer now. Yeah. yeah. And so by two screen, what we mean is they're watching TV, but they're on their phone, you know, they're on their computer, but they're returning text messages. So that mobile device is the second screen that kind of transcends all other screens. And it's, you know, it was designed as a, as an attention machine. So, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so you just got to work within its confines. And, you know, at the end of the day, we don't say I lost my computer, <laughs> right? We say I lost my phone. <laughs> it's still a phone, right? At the end of the day, and its primary use is yeah. text and phone calls. So if we think that that is accessible, you know, to, uh, to a five-year-old or to a 105-year-old um, and everyone understands that technology and a simple phone number is like a simple domain, um, simple domain name, you know, why not basically capitalize and come full circle on that consumer journey, you know, at the end of the day. So I think yeah. that that's, that's, you know, I might be a little bit biased. <laughs> hey, listen, but, you know, I, yeah. I bought a car and I, I've understood most of those journeys. And, you know, as a consumer, we just have to think of, you know, as a service provider, as a professional of, of any services, you've got to put yourself in the shoes of the consumer and understand that journey. So yeah. whatever you buy, sell, offer, take that journey in an unbiased way as a consumer um, and, you know, gather your experiences across other channels. You know, all of us have bought high ticket items, whether it's a car, think of your last, you know, car purchase. What was that long-term journey from beginning to end, that whole aspirational research transactional phase? Um, and I think with that, you know, that's what marketers need to do the most, basically, not just, you know, pick up like, oh, let's, you know, put a big red buy button and, you know, <laughs> build yeah. it and they will come. <laughs> oh, wild, man. Dude, you, um, I could, I could talk about this stuff with you all day. Uh, can't thank you enough. For Likewise. Being, uh, being a super friend to me, uh, getting a chance to work together on many projects and thank you for being on today. Hey, where can people were to go want to find out more about what you're working on, uh, how they can connect sure. more with you? What's the best, what's the best path for them? Yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, I'll be a student of my own stuff. Uh, the easiest way is to just call or text me directly. Um, you can reach me at um, area code 323-741-2255. Uh, I'm in California, so that's Pacific Standard Time. So please be mindful of that. <laughs> uh, if not, it's callaction.co. Uh, and if you just search for uh, Jesse Bodwine, which nobody can spell that, but if you type in Jesse B, a lot of times I, I might pop up somewhere. So <laughs> we'll make sure that's we'll how make most sure people know. We'll make sure we link something up um, the show notes, and maybe you and I will come up with a uh, with something special for everybody as well. So that'd be cool. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, Jesse, can't thank you enough, man. That was so awesome.
Sharon, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, anything I can do. I look forward to doing this again with you. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com. Dot com.